everyone, and welcome to This Week in Lies, the show where we try to reverse party political spin, expose bad journalism, and frankly... Hi everyone and welcome to This Week in Lies, the show where we take a one year break and don't tell anyone uh, and then return. I'm Ben the host, joining me as usual on my right, David Fisher. Hello. And uh, Adam. Hello. Why have we brought the show back guys? What's going on? What's been going on? Fish needs something to put on his TV. (laughs) That's not even an exaggeration. (laughs) (laughs) No, well we decided to kind of bring it back because, well... You the were world, lonely. Yeah, the, yeah. The world needs setting straight as well. I think. I think that we all are slightly disillusioned with the way the world is at the moment. So we think that you know this week in life needs to bring something back. If you look at the economy from when we were on air to when we stopped, it's definitely it has, got it worse. definitely has gone downhill now. And is, downhill is, or just flat <laughs> all the way? Dead. Kieran Knightley esque. Flat. flat. Oh come on. The views of Adam Hayes. <laughs> it's not even a view. It's a, that is a scientific fact. She's a lovely lady. Yeah, um, what are we hoping to achieve this time round? Uh, we're going to be a bit angrier, a bit. I think, <laughs> to be honest. Fish Age. wants to play the Communist National Anthem at every uh, chance, so you may hear some of the Red Army Choir. Um, yeah. It's a great song. It yeah, it, it is a good song. What else do we want to achieve? Well, it, well, like I said, setting the world straight, and more than anything, bringing people some uh, quality comedy. But yeah. And now we're not affiliated to any radio station. We don't necessarily have to be They were holding us back, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> we don't have to say other things are available anymore, which is great. So go out and buy a Mac. <laughs> buy a Mac. The tone of the show is going to be changing a little bit. We are going to be a bit more opinionated. We are going to hopefully offer a bit more debate as well. So less of just reading you and telling you news, but more about what we really think about it. So with that in mind, shall we get on to the first story? I believe we should. Adam is going to, going to lead us off with this one. Well, if you haven't heard about this story, then I'm not quite sure where you've been for a long time. But hey... Um, Fishers put this down as a horse, a horse, please stop feeding me horse. <laughs> um, obviously, this is the horse meat scandal, or to give it the name that Wikipedia did, yes, we still research off Wikipedia, was the 2013 meat adulteration scandal. Um, traces of horse meat have been found in products, you know, have been sold in major supermarkets, retailers, and even in council food for schools. Um, and it's been blamed on a meat supplier in Ireland who has been the main culprit. Uh, From then on, six suppliers have been found to be using horse meat as a substitute for beef um, and rumours of a connection to the mafia gangsters (laughs) in Italy and Eastern (laughs) Europe are abound. Mario Balotelli is not involved in any way. He would not be, sure. Um, Some of the companies who've been inundated with requests from the media to answer some questions about how much horse is in their products. You've had Tesco... Burger King, Waitrose, but that's been pork and beef products. I don't know how you get around to that, but okay. <laughs> uh, Co-op, Aldi, Findus, and Nestle. And uh, today it came out with that um, Taco Bell. Yeah, I think Ikea as well, actually. Oh, uh, Ikea meatballs, yeah. definitely. Oh. Yeah. The one staple thing that the Swedish can do well is meatballs, and now it has been ruined. If the Swedes do not have meatballs, then what <laughs> do they have? Except for Zlatan Ibrahimovic. <laughs> he is holding them up on his giant shoulders. A really good healthcare system and education system in a fairer society. And Zlatan. And Zlatan. Mostly and Zlatan, Zlatan. Yeah, mostly Zlatan. <laughs> the man who marks himself nine out of five for a football performance. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just as a little side note, Tesco have lost 360 million in market value. That's in euros. I don't know what that is in real money. Um, up to the 19th of February because when David Fisher researches, he doesn't bother to look at what it is up to the 1st of March. Well, I wasn't going to work it out. That's just what it said on the internet. <laughs> but The kind of quality news journalism you've come to expect from us. Uh, What's know. the views on it? I mean, the mafia getting involved in stealing and selling people horse meat. That really shows how much organised crime has been affected by <laughs> the, the recession. recession yeah. We're not doing drugs anymore, boys. Let's put those guns down. Just horses. Horse meat. Let's have a look at some old, sick horses. I know. It's... It's a little bit depressing, to be honest. Well, I think one of the main things that came out of it is the amount of thing, the amount of 
kind of worries that people had. They were saying, oh, I buy a Tesco smart price lasagna and it's 40p. Why am I not getting the best quality beef? And it's like, what do you what? expect? I know. Like, what are you actually expecting from those things? The original burgers, wasn't it? Like Tesco value burgers, something yeah. like nine for 80p yeah. or something like so, that. So, you and know, a, a couple a, of pence a burger. I, I think you should feel honoured if you get meat in those burgers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. complaining it, yeah, about the wrong thing. Yeah, I mean, well, that's one of the things that came out for me. I was listening to a lot of radio shows and a lot of consumer programs. People saying, oh, I can't believe that the supermarket would do that to us. That they would sell us a 90p lasagna that had horse meat in it. It's like, where else do you think you're getting horse meat? How did Tesco make such a profit from these things? Well, going back to like some of the people who have complained about the quality of these things, they're like, oh, well, you know, if we're buying this and you've got to expect it, well... Like you said, like what are you expecting A to be in that product? And yeah. B, you cannot go, Oh, it's unfair that my children aren't getting fed properly. You're the one buying that food. <laughs> yeah, stop buying turkey don't, don't buy food that genuinely looks like the the packet it's in costs more than the meat that's inside of it. Yeah. Yeah. And one question I would actually like to ask is if they put it just as this is horse meat on the packet. <laughs> Would people still buy it if it was cheaper? Well, it's a delicacy in Eastern Europe, isn't it? I know. Horse meat is, it's not, this is the thing as well, people are treating it like it's like a major outbreak of something that could kill you. It's like SARS. Yeah, like it's like, oh my God, there's SARS in our food. It's not, it's just. It's actually more expensive than beef to buy horse meat. (laughs) It's better quality. People have been getting better meals than they've actually been expecting. I can understand some of it because of, the fact that it might have drugs in it and veterinary drugs. Yeah, that's, that's one of the going ones. off what has been released by the uh, veterinary people Council, in this, yeah, whatever they're like yeah. stupidly called, um, you would have to eat 35 burgers in 24 hours yeah. for nine years yeah, to actually be made completely woman, ill by there this. There was a woman on Radio 4 and she said you'd have to eat 800 Tesco Smart Pies burgers within a sort of two-day period to get the dose that you would actually give to a human. So Eric Pickles may be sick in the <laughs> <Maybe>. future. <laughs> Him uh, and John Prescott, there might be some worries there with the amount of horse drugs that they're taking. To be fair, if <laughs> if there was enough ketamine just in one burger, wouldn't it just be good? Because, you know, you're eating Tesco spark price. Like, you need to be taken out of yeah, your life. Yeah. <laughs> Surely it's actually going to make the experience slightly better for you. I would buy that, to be honest. It's <laughs> <That'd be> so good. <laughs> But it it is a grand national scandal. You do you do have to admit that, um, and yeah, you've got to say it's probably the biggest scandal since Jimmy Saddle. Um, ain't ain't really acceptable that the Food Standard Agency let this let this go through to someone. You know they they, are, they do definitely need to have an investigation into this, and um, I imagine that somewhere you know down the line a book will be thrown at someone for it. Um, I don't I don't think you can blame the horses though. It would be unfair to blame the horses for this because, you know, they are—they are—they're the ones who are the victim here. Like, if you're going to pull them up in court, you're going to have to pull them up in front of some form of, I don't know, haydock. Um, but <laughs> you know, you, you, to be fair, you've always got to look at the media's role in this. Um, they've just looked to stir up um, <laughs> as much fear about this, and the male even blamed immigrants. And yeah, you know, I'm, I'm confused why no one's hasn't looked at the Queen as having some fault of this. Because over her reign, she's definitely had a lot of scandals. Um, but you know, the entire scandal there, you know, it's going to be by, seen by some businesses to uh, just show people thinking they've got rights to everything and no responsibilities. Um, it's a, it's a bit like JFK. What he said: "Ask Scott what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country." That is <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, it's <clears throat> getting a bit hoarse. Um, but you know it just it it does highlight the ability of the press to just whip up the public fear and anger on this and all their facts you know just seem to be jockeying for position with legitimate (laughs) response to the government Uh, people just need to remember that the food is edible you won't be ill from it but you know what's what's that Ben yeah the food is stable the food is stable don't worry but um, if if you think it's a bigger scandal it's been made out to be that yeah for me Nay, nay. <laughs> well done, sir. <laughs> That's an audio much. handshake. <laughs> I know. This is why I put it first in the running order, <laughs> yeah. just to get this get out, of the, out way. of the way. It was slightly better, can I say, than the, um, is it Syrian or was it Libyan? Times? I had Syrian. Libyan times. Libyan, yeah. I did Syrian. 
it was you thought it was an abomination and maybe it was maybe it was. <laughs> <laughs> who are we to judge uh, just to end this section i'd like to say that an unappreciated part of this is the opening line that adam said a horse a horse please stop feeding his horse i did make sure that was in iambic pentameter so you are welcome <laughs> shakespeare you are welcome <laughs> How's that English degree going for you there, bud? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is an audio high five because David is unemployed. Okay, this is the next story. This is the Oscars where everyone gawked at people uh, bursting into tears at a verdict. Hang on, no, this is the Oscar Pistorius <laughs> bail hearing. That occurred in the trial of the murder of South African Reva Steenkamp. Oscar Pistorius was arrested in connection with the case on the morning of the 15th of February after his girlfriend was shot dead in Pistorius's home. After a four day bail hearing, Pistorius was granted bail but was charged with premeditated murder in a trial that starts on the 4th of June. So, really, uh, what I'd like to talk about is the media reaction basically. Uh, we had people like The Guardian saying, how will this affect Oscar Pistorius's brand going forward? <laughs> Which is Priorities, yeah. Pretty atrocious, yeah. to be honest. Um, <laughs> people also seem to forget it was a bail hearing. Yeah, it was kind of trial by jury. It was like, yeah, this is so he's not been found guilty or not guilty yet? No. no. So why did we was, have all of this? This was just to decide whether, what sort of, whether he could go on bail or not. And then what they were going to charge him with. Well, I wasted a lot of time following that. Yeah, I know. But people have just said, oh, all these facts of the case coming out, it's like, not all the facts have been brought out. Yeah, they just needed to assess if he was a danger to other people so he could let him out of prison. Yeah. Can I ask if, if the facts haven't been assessed because whoever knows the facts keeps getting arrested for premeditated murder? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> attempted murder. Yeah. You're doing him a disservice. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Well, there's a lot of stuff that came out of this. I mean, like I said, with The Guardian saying, how's this going to affect his brand? It's almost like they're treating it like... Remember when Tiger Woods got caught oh, yeah. um, cheating on his wife and things like that? That's the kind of situation where you then say, I wonder how it's going to affect his brand. Protecting the 19th hole. <laughs> <laughs> um, you wouldn't say it when someone's just been murdered. It's kind of the wrong way to go about it, isn't it? Right, but that's like saying it'd be insensitive to put, I don't know, like bikini pictures of her in front of the newspapers. Yeah. Yeah. That Which would be that 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 newspaper did. Yeah. The Daily Sport and the Sun newspaper. Unfortunately we have to bring that up. But yeah. <coughs> Terrible newspaper. But they printed basically a timeline of events but with Reva Steenkamp, who was a quite famous model, yeah. in a bikini on the front to attract people in. Yeah, that's, that's a great way to publicise a attempted or sem- maybe a murder trial. Yeah. What you need to do is get excited about a dead one. Yeah. That's what you need to do. So it draws in the punters. Completely unrelated to all of that, though, but do you think it's slightly weird that, just in terms of technology as well, talking about the, the media and all those things, right? Twitter, Facebook, all those places... Just think in 20 years or 30 years, how many dead people are going to be on those networks? I see dead people. You're not Hayley Joel Osment. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> right? But just think, right? Because you can go on Twitter now and you can read her last sort of tweets. And I thought that was really kind of... Odd. Odd, yeah. It was like a strange thing to be involved in. And then, like, because it was, it was kind of, not emotional, but like, I know a lot of people got quite upset because she was tweeting people about what she was going to be doing for Valentine's Day, which obviously was with Octave Cusorius. And then it turns out the next morning that she's dead. And it was like, it seems really weird because then the media got hold of all these tweets and stuff. And it was like, seems a little invasive, invasive doesn't it? You know what I mean? I don't know what To be fair like with Twitter, tweets. if you have a Twitter account and you don't set it to protected tweets, then yeah. you are letting the public see everything. Yeah. So they can possibly do it. But the problem you've got there, Ben, and it's... It's not some of it's your fault, but you, you you're expecting the media to have a little bit of tact about them. Well, yeah, and we we know yeah. the British media in in many respects, and the Leveson and all those things that come out of that, those kind of things. If they're available, people are going to take them, aren't they? Oh yeah, and it's not going to happen. And also, the coverage just they were just looking at him, like all yeah. the minute by minute coverage. All they were doing was just going, 
oh, he's crying now again. Yeah. And it's just like, well, of course he is. What kind of news is this? You're not like reporting the facts of the case. Not all of them are going to be coming out. He's literally being put, you know, on trial. In, on trial. Is he going to get bail or not? Is the thing he gonna... that came out as well is that the head prosecutor has also been involved or is on trial for attempted murder. attempted murder, isn't he? Yeah. Because apparently this guy was involved in a shooting of some people he somewhere got, in South Africa. The facts of that were, I read this because it was absolutely incredible, he got bored on police patrol. So, seriously, they bought three bottles of whiskey, got hammered in a patrol car, right. were driving dangerously, and then a taxi sped past them to get past the fact the police car was all over the place. So they decided to try and shoot out its tyres and then just started shooting wildly at a taxi. Right. Yeah. It doesn't look good. <laughs> this is it. South Africa, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I'm right in saying that a man this week was killed in South Africa again by the police. By being dragged through the street. Being dragged yeah. behind a police car. Yeah. Are we, A, really trusting of the South African police to do a fair and impartial trial? Or the South African media? Um... I would say no. It's only, there are only a few cases, to be fair. The guy who's been charged with attempted murder has been taken off the case. Yes, yeah, now, at least. Now, this wasn't yeah. taken before the case. He actually got to do some of the case work, got yeah. to do all other stuff as well. Yeah. My main problem with all of this is the fact that, okay, like we've said, it's not gone to a trial where he will be found guilty or not guilty. Mm. He's been on a bail thing. But all the media, even the Daily Mail poll on its website, had... Do you think Oscar Pistorius is innocent or guilty? Yeah. <laughs> yes, no. That's not an answer. <laughs> yes. Do I think he's innocent or guilty? <laughs> yes, yeah. He, he has to be one or the other. <laughs> but, but the thing about all of this is, is that they've they asked Ellie Simmond what she thought about it. She's a British swimmer. Nothing to do about that disability sport is I across know. a lot of things. Yeah. Um, they've asked various people what their opinion of, and it's like the man is innocent. Until, Until proven guilty. Yeah. Yeah. You don't work off the fact he's guilty and then wait for the case. And that's another thing, really. People would be going, oh, how is this going to affect uh, disability sports? And it's just like, well, it doesn't stop him being really good at running. Yeah. Like, it makes no And also, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't affect anything until he's proven guilty. I know. And even if it did, that's not indicative of disability sport. Right, it's not like all of them are just, you know, waiting to get out and just exactly. like... Oh, there's an intruder in my bathroom. I must shoot them. Exactly. It's like, it sounds so, all, you know. Cancel the Paralympics. People. Yeah, cancel the Paralympics because every disability sports player is going to shoot their girlfriend. What kind of logic is that? I don't know. Anyway. So, I, I hate how it's a celebrity story as well. Yeah. It's just like, oh, Oscar Pistorius has just ruined his image around the world. And He's considered a bit so, of a national hero in South Africa, isn't he? He is, really? yeah. But, you know, these people do things. If it wasn't, somebody so famous you wouldn't really bat an eyelid this these things do happen unfortunately frequently in south africa one thing i actually noticed was on within maybe a couple of hours of the stores the story breaking there were people ripping down um advertising boards with him on and he's on quite a lot of advertising boards they were straight out there they were ripping them all down they were pulling adverts that he was on pulling all his endorsements and it's like like again nothing's been proven yet he's just been picked up in the media going off the marketing guy who got bought in on sky they blamed the Nike brand because it poisons people. Apparently, seriously, of the he, Nike he, curse. He, yeah. The Nike curse, and it's like, no, he, he it was a tragic accident. Or yeah. so should we yeah. put Rory McIlroy on some kind of watch list because yeah, he's yeah. just been endorsed well, by Nike? Well, he walked off the golf course today with some uh, pain in his wisdom teeth, and I cannot say if he murdered anyone. Or not. I don't know. Maybe it was just a headache because he was thinking. Hope people don't realise that I've shot Caroline Wozniacki. <laughs> don't don't say that. Don't 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 ever say that again. She is beautiful. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't realise you felt so strongly. I do. I want to put that on record. Have we got anything more to say about Oscar Pistorius, or is it more of a? It's really sad because yeah. someone got shot. Yeah, like every should. time anyone gets shot, is sad. Yeah, and we don't should. build up celebrities so that if people. People do these kind of things. Celebrities, especially sportsmen, are so highly strung. Yeah. Like the qualities that make them a good sportsman don't necessarily make them a good human being. Yep. Chris Benoit is another one. Just Rio from professional Ferdinand. wrestling. Yeah. Rio Ferdinand hasn't killed anyone. Luis Suarez, John Terry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, John Paolo Di Canio. Fascist. 
Joseph uh, Adam Haynes. He is a fascist. He's a... That is actually a, that is a fact. He's admitted that. That is a fact. So, following on from that story, something a bit closer to home, uh, the Eastleigh by-election. The Liberal Democrats have won the Eastleigh by-election, surprisingly. Um, they mainly fought on a surge of votes against them, which was with the UK Independence Party, UKIP. Some within the Conservative Party perhaps wrongly had said the party needed to win the by-election to prove that it was, you know, doing well in government. But they were forced actually into third place by UKIP. With many seeing the rise in popularity as a protest vote against the government. So really, you know, Labour as well. Candidate was um, a former satirist and speechwriter for Gordon Brown, John O'Farrell. He finished in fourth. So the main parties got absolutely hammered in this. What what are our thoughts on the terms of UKIP actually coming second in a by-election? A well, a firstly, the Lib Dems winning a by-election. It is a, a it minor is a, miracle. <laughs> yeah, it is a historic Lib Dem seat. It has been for a long time. You two voted for one of those parties in the in the last general election. So what's your thoughts on Lib Dems winning well, the by-election? The Lib Dems winning it doesn't particularly surprise me because they won it in 1992 and then they've got the council, so they're pretty bedded in there. Yeah, they're well So bedded. that doesn't surprise me. The thing that does surprise me is that the Labour candidate said that it's a shame that Margaret Thatcher isn't dead. A few, <laughs> a few years ago, how was he not elected? Yeah, yeah. I would I to be fair, that was in like the early eighties. I know, but that's a, that's a good policy to stand on now. I'd vote for that. The by-election, of course, called after Chris Hume resigned following the whole scandal around his not taking or taking of um, getting his wife to take his speeding points or things like that. Politics, yeah. politics. Yeah, his ex-wife looks like a troll. I'm sorry, <laughs> but she does. Okay. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Well made. Great point. What I was going to ask is, UKIP winning the votes over the Conservatives, so the Tories come in third. The Tories are saying, oh, it's just a protest vote. That's what always happens in by-elections. Or is it indicative of something deeper? Uh, the fact that UKIP did get the vote is yeah. slightly interesting. That Well, have the Tories alienated their sort of more right-wing element? Well, one thing element? that I know some of the commentators have said is that, obviously, protesting against the Tories... That means that people also should have been protesting against the Lib Dems because they're in government. Yeah. But another another commentator then said, "Well, people don't see the Lib Dems as actually involved in government, so they're quite happy to just protest against the Conservatives." There was a huge swing, almost twenty percent swing away from the Tories to UKIP. And like you said, is it a case, Adam, probably that they've sort of gone with the angry dog whistle, the UKIP party, and picked up all those xenophobics and all the Eurosceptics from the Conservative party? Well, if you did that, you'd take the entire party. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think they probably picked up. A f- I think some of it is pro- possibly a protest vote. Yeah. I think some of it is some people going, "I don't like Europe, so I'm going to vote for UKIP." Mm. And then I think some of it's possibly just, "I don't want to vote for the Tories, but I want them to know that Europe is a huge deal for me, so I'll vote UKIP." Like Nigel Farage is going on about how it's like a historic day for <laughs> yeah. UKIP and. He's making it sound like after this they're going to win the next general election and things like that. But I would, I would actually quite like them to get an MP. And I know that sounds strange, but I would love them to have to stand up day in, day out in Parliament and be questioned on what they think. Because the minute you get them away from Europe, they don't know what to do. Well, yeah, they, their, their policies are all Eurocentric policies. It's all about Europe. That's what yeah. it is. They're like Alex Ferguson. If you start talking to him about anything, he will immediately go back to the referee's performance. <laughs> like you can, you can talk about a great goal, and he'll say, "Oh, well, that's because obviously, if you look at the ref gave us a free kick in this place, or if they concede, well, the referee didn't pull one up for a clear foul on Van Persie. They just drag it back all the and, time. You know, he almost killed him by kicking the ball at his face. <laughs> uh, I'd also like to say if. Are, are anti-immigration parties doing well because the main parties really don't care about the working class anymore? Because the main parties do not put any arguments or put across any ideas of how they can get the working class back into jobs and so on. They're not giving them any reasons why quite a lot of people are unemployed. And if there's like literally no reason and you're in the working class, you're going to go, well, yeah, I think well the, why am I unemployed? And then if somebody comes along <laughs> saying... No jokes, thank you. <laughs> That's a question you shouldn't be asking anyway. <laughs> but if there, if a party comes along and say you're not getting a job because of immigration, you're gonna 
you know, grab hold of that as yeah. a I have, reason. I think, without trying to pull it back to the Tories being out of touch and posh, but the government and Labour as well, like their policy on getting people back to work seems to be, oh, well, let them eat cake. Like, it, the economy will come back eventually. Yeah. And it's like, as much as you may say it will improve eventually and it's not looking like it is, people still have to live through that eventually. And if their standard of living is going down, then they're not going to be happy. Well, they're focusing on deficit reduction. So, and basic economics, well, if you're a Keynesian anyway, you believe that putting money into the economy is what creates growth, not the other way around. So any Keynesian, a lot of Labour followers, a lot of, you know, non... Well, yeah, yourselves as well. Anyone who, who looks at it from the outside, not an economics point of view, thinks, well, if they're cutting frontline services, they're cutting the NHS, they're cutting all this, how are we actually going to generate jobs? Because to the guy on the street, that's the right way to do it as well, and the amount of money we put in Europe. There are questions there that you could are giving good answers to people who are, you know, looking that way at it. They're looking for an answer and they're going, why are we spending that money? UKIP are giving them an answer, whereas the Tories and maybe Labour are a little bit out of touch. Yeah, at least some answer. Yeah. Ironically, you could say the Tories are trying to stop immigration by making this country worse to live in. <laughs> yeah. stay, so stay in Eastern Europe, it's better there. One of the, actually at the moment, we've had a massive reduction in net immigration, down by at least a third over the last sort of six, seven years. So there has been even naturally or passively without any real policy. I mean, we know last year we talked about the Tories having that lax period with Theresa May where she decided or she apparently passed command on someone who decided not to check passports. Even without any real border control or stricter immigration rules or caps or anything like that, people are actually not coming to the UK. Did the BNP stand in this election? Um, I don't think they did. No, I can't no. remember. So it kind of shows that the... Let me, I'll rephrase it after I've said it. The far right, as in yeah. the Eurosceptics yeah. and the right wing of the party, than the Conservatives, aren't going at least into... Well, let's be blunt, the racist part. Fascist, they're, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're staying over into just extreme centre-right. Yeah. So that's a bit of a promising sign. But the yeah, because that's, that's one of the worrying things in, in any downturn is the, the bedding in then of a fascist or an ultra-right-wing conservative nationalist party, isn't it? And that's what the BNP is trying to do without being overtly racist. They don't come out as a racist party in their manifestos, which is what we can judge them by. Their followers may be completely different. I'm not saying anyone that is a BNP supporter is a racist. But probably there are, are right? people in that party that are massively racist, and in other parties as well. But that's the worry, and that's maybe a good sign, is that even though there is a lot of problems in there, those kind of parties still aren't getting the representation that they may have done. And the classic there is the Third Reich, isn't it? Because that's the ultimate end game of... The fascist right comments. Yeah. Any other thoughts on Eastley, or is it maybe a flash in the pan? UKIP are never really. Gonna... It's not even a big deal. No, Seriously, no. They... it won't affect the next general election no. at all. No, this this poor councillor, which to all accounts seems to be a nice guy, he will be a Lib Dem MP in the ne- after yeah. the next election. But I'd say forty five of his friends won't be. <laughs> at least. <laughs> yeah. At least. If Nick Clegg has a seat after this election, I will walk from here to Parliament naked. That is a bold claim, Adam. <laughs> that is very that bold. Is a very, I'm, I will take you up on that right now. I am immediately withdrawn. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly because I realise he might just join the Tories. Well, and he's pretty much going to be standing in a very safe seat, isn't he? In Sheffield Hallam with a university. He'll be, yeah. be alright. I will Maybe. make him alright. <laughs> I would not put money on him, that's for sure. If he gets ousted, that is that the end of the Lib Dems? Is another question. When did they begin? Good Last question. Election, <laughs> they question. did, you know, make gains. Yeah, they made gains. Of the no, they didn't. They lost seats. Well, they made gains in terms of power in government. Nick Clegg made gains. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Vince Cable. <laughs> well, they were treated as like, you know, a viable third alternative, really. They were, like, after they, the debates, they got a bit into the public consciousness because all the jokes before that were just like, oh, and the Lib Dems did something. And that was it. They were a complete joke and then they were brought into the public consciousness. And that wasn't helped by least. Gordon Brown and David Cameron saying, I agree with Nick. And then everyone yeah. was going, well, let's get this Nick guy in because everyone <laughs> yeah. agrees with him. Gordon Brown? Jeez, I forgot about him. That's a name, that's a blast from the past. Yeah.
So the next depressing topic to talk about is the cap on bonuses um, that has been put forward by the EU. Um, it's not too depressing, maybe. It probably is going to end up being depressing. <laughs> yeah, serious. As most um, news does. Britain has gone against the new e- EU proposal to cap bankers' bonuses at a year's salary, saying that it will damage the UK economy. Not quite sure how it could damage it even more, but okay. Um, by driving out the best and brightest of the banking sector from the city of London. I'd love to see where these bright and best have been doing. Best the last and brightest years. guys that cause the financial Um It's been seen as Britain further trying to rewrite their terms of the European Union into a less committed position. Um, scary, sexist, fascist Boris Johnson. Fascist. <laughs> That's a bit far forward. Can't How many people we call the fascist on this podcast so far? <laughs> Paolo Di Canio, every BNP member, Boris Johnson. It will okay. Let's be. I'll just. I'll rewind that in a little bit. But read some of his views without him saying them, and they're very, very right wing. Okay? Yeah. Does he kind of get away from it because he stumbles and goes? Whoa, 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 yeah. Because he has floppy hair, he can do anything. <laughs> but that that blonde bombshell. Um, so that people wonder why we stay in the EU if it persists in such a transparently self-defeating policies. Brussels cannot control the global market for banking talent. Brussels cannot set pay for bankers around the world, but I'm sure Asia can make sure that they go over there rather than stay here, Boris. Yeah. Seriously. Um, the most this measure could hope to achieve is a boost for Zurich and Singapore and New, New York at the expense of the struggling EU. This is possibly the most deluded measure... <laughs> Wait for this. The most deluded measure to come from Europe <laughs> since... Diocletian <laughs> tried to fix the price of groceries across the Roman it's am- Empire. <laughs> it's amazing because he's obviously so well informed that he knows Diocletian, he knows his policies in the Roman Empire. What? How on God's earth do you then go, oh, this is the worst decision since maybe, I don't know, 200 BC? Yeah, the thing is, it's so well informed in such a Tory way. Yeah. It's just such an Oxbridge, you know. Yeah. I studied the classics. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't make that statement in Latin. Yeah. <laughs> in a robe. Yeah. The new Pope, maybe, Johnson. Yeah. No. So, what oh, good we, grief. What do we think about a cap on bonuses to, you know, well, one year's annual? We're all, all left wing, aren't we, in terms of, um, well, maybe not in terms of the economy. Well, I'd say we're all left wing in sort of free market to some extent um we're all a little bit you know maybe socialist leaning on the other side but i i'm kind of torn here because whilst i don't like to agree with boris johnson i do agree with some things he says maybe about the fact that capping that bonus and this is what another guy on um the radio bbc radio 4 one of the european ministers was saying was something to do with the fact that you know the policy was aimed at getting a bank to pay that salary as an up, um, pay the bonus as an upfront salary. So, for example, he used Fred Goodwin as an example, um, and Bob Diamond. And he said to he said about Bob Diamond, he said, okay, so his salary was actually a million pounds. In our system now, if they wanted to give him the same payout that he got at the end of the year, they would have to give him a twelve million salary and the twelve million bonus. And he said that the policy then would make it harder for the bank to sell that to the shareholders. Now, I don't know whether that's true. Because if you're still giving him $25 million, it doesn't matter if he's getting it as a salary and as a bonus. Because as we yeah. know, those bonuses were pretty much salaries, weren't they? Well, it wasn't a performance-related, <clears throat> obviously. Yeah, they just got them, basically. Yeah. It's not the other really thing that, as well is, what I agree with Boris is, and again, I don't like to say that, I do agree maybe that because of this move, some banks are not going to be able to pay or sell that idea to the shareholders and say, yeah, we need to pay this guy 10 million quid a year and a 10 million bonus. So we might actually lose some of those people who are making money, even if you don't agree with how they make that money. But you're saying sell it to the shareholders. I'm pretty sure of RBS, we are 80% of the shareholders. Yes, we are. And that's what the that's what the initiative's aimed at doing, is basically forcing it so that they're accountable to the government and to us as taxpayers. The, the thing over all of this is people going, oh, if we don't pay them this, then they'll leave. Well, why don't we just not let them leave? They have to go through immigration. There was another, Just keep yeah, them in the country. There was another great... Them in a <laughs> <laughs> Just herd them up into somewhere. There was a great comment. The same guy that was talking about the bonuses and how to sell it to bankers uh, and how to sell it to the customer. He was saying, oh, well, you know, and it's Euro- he was European, he was Spanish, so it may have been slightly lost in translation. He was speaking English, so 
but he was saying, oh, when the police kick drug dealers out of the area, no one's really that bothered. It's a good thing. And I think it was um, on, on Radio 4 on the Today programme, and he said, the, the, the host was kind of like, um, okay, and he went, yeah, you know, if some of the bankers leave, that's not a bad thing. No one complains when drug dealers leave. <laughs> and it's like, uh, I think you may be crossing some kind of line there. Are you comparing bankers directly to drug dealers? And then they kind of cut the interview short. There. That is genuinely unfair to say that. Like, <laughs> yeah. why on earth would you paint a drug dealer as a banker? <laughs> That's not fair. That's not fair at all. Some of them have children and care. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. And get their kids to smuggle the drugs for them. Yeah, yeah. I'd just like to say, people think that bankers will leave, like definitely leave, mm. because they're not making as much money. They're not making millions of pounds. Yeah even though they are already making millions, millions of pounds. Of pounds yeah. But could we not call their bluff? I mean, the city of London <laughs> is a pretty big financial centre. Are mm. they all just going to go, well, I'm not making eight million instead of, you know, a million, a million yeah. for a bonus. So I'm just going to leave, like, a massively rich and influential city. A huge exodus. Yeah. Is there really going to be one? How, would that actually happen? Could we not just call their bluff? It's free up a lot of homes in Kensington. Yeah. It might it bring property prices <laughs> crashing down in London. It would, but even so, it's just we can't be held to ransom. But in by terms bankers. of bonus structures, what are your guys' opinions on bonuses then? I mean, my RBS f- should be, in my opinion, paying no bonuses to anyone no. in that business. You can't really affect it for private businesses. For private businesses, it's fair enough. But I mean, they should look at the culture because of you know how it can lead to people making like irresponsible risks yeah. and you know basically making them seem like they're well, gods. Do you agree with the cap of so it's one year salary so if you paid 100 grand your max salary you can get is a uh, your max bonus you can get is another 100,000. You see the thing i have with the bonuses and on a to make it into two points rather than one very very long one is one i don't think you should be paid a bonus if your company is losing money. Because a bonus is if you are doing well, in my opinion. And secondly, on the bonus, it should be what they have contributed to the business individually. Like Like how how much much money they've bought in, like a commission. I would not, as much as I hate the fact that these people get this amount of money, I would not be adverse to go, okay, they bought in that much money then. It would show who is actually yeah. the better banker. He bought in five hundred million yeah. pounds, so he can have a million pound bonus. Exactly. So. Like if if they are bringing in that much money, then I won't be. I'm not going to argue with the fact of them getting paid it in a private. Company. Yeah, because if that money's coming into England and the UK and it's benefiting us, great. Go nuts as far as I'm concerned. Pay them as much as you want, as long as they're bringing in more money than they're getting paid out. That's exactly. a bonus to us. Yeah, I just don't like the complete skew towards you know the financial sector is the be all and end all yeah, of the that, economy basically that's the banks really should be there just to hold people's money well but, that's one of the things that the government well maybe the government people have been slating to happen is that they're going to force banks to separate their investment wings from their banking commercial sector banking yeah that's going to be huge if that comes along no really no telling really what's going to happen in terms of the investment sector probably outsourcing to other areas and like you said, you know, Barclays, all those companies shutting down those really profitable tax evasion schemes and stuff because yeah. they're being threatened with this kind of action from the government. It's changing. And whether that's for the better or not is... It's the thing with tax in general, though, that they are always going to look to avoid tax. Like, yeah. the best idea I've ever read is, a, is by a campaign called the Robin Hood um, tax campaign. Basically, the idea was that put all bankers on the usual tax to what everyone else pays. Yeah. But every bank transaction, so from a bank to a bank, um, uh, tr- selling shares, no, buying shares, or, yeah, the, you put like... a naught point naught 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 two percent levy on it, right? And apparently that will make more money than what all the current taxes are doing because of the amount of just interchanging of well, yeah, shares. They're and borrowing mil- billions and billions off each other every single day. Yeah, and they wouldn't. Yeah. The thing is about that money is they wouldn't. Eat, if you just did it and just see how long until someone went, hang on, yeah, would they notice? They would notice small... eventually, yeah, because they paid well, for that. It'd be a so. small amount of money, and they'd just go, yeah. I think in general, I think the way banks are run, as long as it doesn't cause crises and crises like this, or you know, bubbles, they can do what they want really in terms of as long as I go to the bank and I can get my money out. And it doesn't end up costing the entire economy, you know, a billion pounds to bail out a failing bank. I'm worried about when you get your money out. 
Well, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. bank goes down whenever you get yeah. a fire out of the gas yeah. machine. Yeah, that's the issue. <laughs> and that's the whole thing, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but the thing is, when they are, like, the, as I said, the be-all and end-all, they are going to sort of, you know, either grow a bit of an ego or just be tempted to take bigger and bigger risks to make bigger and bigger profits. Yes. Yeah. Does this not... mean maybe a return to manufacturing in the UK? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not with the Tories in government. No. no. Not since, you know, the mid-70s, basically. <laughs> I think they might make some manufacturing and then turn it into like a conservative amusement park where you go down and you close everything down. And then once you leave, <laughs> like you they start your... back up again and then you have to go back in. You get to wear a Maggie Thatcher wig. And you're like, no, close the mines, kill the people inside of it before you do it. Though. There's a man dressed as Arthur Scargill that you can beat to death <laughs> with a baseball bat. Yeah. <laughs> I just poor people. Like, Please don't close the mines. Get down. <laughs> <laughs> Killing the disabled news now. And yes, you did actually hear that correctly. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Colin Brewer, an independent member of Cornwall Council, oh. <laughs> said that disabled children cost the council too much money and should be put down. Oh. He said he regretted his comments later <laughs> in the press. He claimed that he uh, only wanted... To to provoke a response and debate. Yeah, and, I bet he wanted to provoke yeah. a response. Yeah. And the quote the is he did not get the reaction he had wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable that unfortunately. Uh, he also added that sometimes people can catch you on the wrong day. It's not a good enough excuse and I'll forever be apologizing for what I said. Just for getting caught on the wrong day. You two know sometimes I can have a short fuse. <laughs> yes. I have never Ever said that maybe we should kill disabled people? Haven't you, Adam? Haven't you? No. no. <laughs> no. So That's... the actual quote is, they this... should be put down. Because they cost the council too much money. <laughs> yeah, that was in a debate with... he just heard the uh, head of the sort of debate, uh, disabled council, and... He got a bit angry, apparently. That's a great much... place to say that, isn't it? Yeah, I know. in the disabled council, yeah. He said he got a bit hot under the collar. Uh, hot he... under the collar? Yeah, hearing about how much disabled people cost the council. I'd hate to see him really angry. I know. How much of a bad day can he possibly <laughs> be having? Jesus, just to say that, I mean, I just love that that was his first reaction as well. It's just not like... Let's have a considered debate here. It's just like, I've considered all the options, and to be honest, we're just going to have to throw them all in a canal. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's the only option. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Without saying history repeats itself, but I'm sure I've heard these ideas before. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're calling another person. It does the four. Come on. <laughs> the Pep Guardiola celebration for fascists in one show. <laughs> I hasten to add, he isn't. I don't know. I mean, he's not a BMP. He's an independent, yeah, isn't independent he? Or council, or UKIP yeah. or anything. There's no party and party affiliation. But actually, the, inter- the is... independents are a party in Cornwall. There, there is a genuine group called the Independents. That is surely an oxymoron. Somewhere, somewhere. <laughs> we are a group of independents. What? My brain. <laughs> That, yeah, that is possibly the worst thing anyone can say about anything yeah. ever. The best thing is he refuses to resign. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, and that's another thing. About he's still in part in I the council. I think he may have actually resigned today. He has to have resigned. I'm, I, I'm, think... I'm not. I mean, we checked the news before we came out, or before we did this, and he's not. So he may have resigned. You know, as we record this, like. he said. He said when we first saw this story that he was considering, he was going to sit at home and consider resigning. I think someone might consider, like, bricking his house or something for the next few weeks. I mean... They shouldn't brick it, no. We shouldn't encourage violence. What they should no, no. do is they should they should install a disabled ramp, yeah, in, make his house completely disability-friendly and then get the disabled people to kick <laughs> the crap out of him. <laughs> uh, one thing I will say in his favour, though, is that you know a lot of parties have arguments against benefits going to certain people, yeah. but they don't put forward a solution. He yeah. put forward a concrete solution. <laughs> uh, can we blame him for that? Some may say a final solution. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I said double. I was going to go with that. Oh god, I made a Hitler joke. I feel really no, but 
We've made that many fascists on this show, we could have a barber shop <laughs> to go close <laughs> So as in aid of the, the new This Week in Lies, we're trying to move away just from politics and current affairs. We also want to bring you a bit of sport and a bit of debate. So the topics that we're going to talk about today in sport, importantly, um, Bradford City, their long run, long meandering run to the cup final against Swansea. Thoughts on it, guys? What do we think? I'd say it was more of a long, stumbling fall, really. They did really well. They carried on, and people weren't, you know, thought, oh, they're not going to carry on here. It's kind of reminiscent of your fall in a six-a-side game, Ben. Yeah, if, yeah. The, a the, very personal the head... reference that no one will understand. <laughs> the head yeah, is on. leaning forward, and like, he's not going to go any further. They're not going to get past Aston Villa. And then they somehow get another foot down, and they've got a bit more balance. And then ultimately, they get to, the, they get to that final line, and they fall. They just fall. But, you know, it's good to see for English football, really. But it's kind of... Well, on the other side as well, Swansea, amazing season. Yeah, absolutely amazing. They all run very well. They have fans on the board, yeah. etc. People said that kind of model would not work, but it also shows like a nice long uh, longevity in a program. Like they have yeah. a certain set structure. They go for yeah. passing football. Laudrup doing a good job. He's been touted already to be moving. I mean, some people are saying he's going to place Mourinho at Real Madrid. I don't know whether that had ever happened, but. He's doing well. Meet you. That's the, the massive part of Swansea this season, isn't it? Yeah, a two million pound signing, which in football is obviously just pittance in but, the well, uh, I mean, Premier League. As a Bolton fan in the championship, we're paying more than that for David and Go from Liverpool. Thank now. you. Yeah, Thank you. yeah, that's so fine. You're welcome player. to that money. You're welcome to it. We don't need it. We're not in financial dire straits. You're buying Michi for £2 million from Real Volcano and he's scoring how many goals in the Premier League? Almost 20 goals in the season already? 25, I think he's up to. No, nobody's up to that much. Yeah, Suarez has got 25 a season. Not yeah, see, so maybe not though. in the Premier League, but yeah. Right, sorry. But I mean, 20 plus goals a season for £2 million quid. There's already people saying that he's worth £30 million already because he's proven himself in the Premier League. Whether he chooses to move from Swansea or not. That just sums the Premier League up, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. You score 10 goals, you're immediately worth £30 million quid. Yeah, it's nice that people just sort of beat the money in football because Bradford beat Wigan of the Premier League, yeah. Arsenal, yeah. a huge side who's, you know, playing, well, Bradford's playing budget for a year, probably couldn't pay Theo Walcott for a, a week, know, a month maybe yeah. with £400,000. Well, I mean, be... that, that's one of the things as well is a couple of teams that got quite far in it as well um, and in, in the League Cup as well as the FA Cup or whichever, Capital One Cup. Um They've all said... Other cups are available. <laughs> they've all said that it's great to get that far, but they've also secured their club for another year in yeah. terms of just the financial payouts, which is another discussion altogether of how one club can run on 500 grand and another team's paying that to one guy in maybe two weeks. You know, Just looking at Swansea's success with the League Cup, the one thing that particularly did annoy me is how they went. The English and Welsh League Cup, it's not. <laughs> it's just the English League Cup. The Welsh have their own FA and their own Football League. Yeah. It's terrible. It's awful. The only reason Cardiff and Swansea and ours is because they were clubs when the English FA and the League were made. And history brought to you there by courtesy of Adam Haynes. Yeah. The Welsh. A thing I'd actually like to say about the final, one thing we haven't mentioned is the fact that Swansea beat Bradford 5-0. Yeah. Which, you know, a brutal ending for Bradford's fairy tale run. Really. Yeah, it was it was written to be set up for Bradford to again, you know, beat the odds, beat the Premier League team, take home the victory. But Swansea just never let it happen. Massive and, uh, really. At two 0 Bradford had their goalkeeper sent off and a penalty awarded against them, and the commentators were so patronising. It's yeah. just like, well, common sense, and you know. Where the fans don't want to see a player <laughs> from this little club, this little hard-working club. <laughs> oh, look at them. They're doing so well. Yeah. They're doing so well. A little minnows. Nobody wants to see him sent off. And it's just like, how patronising could you be towards yeah. the Dawson? Guy said that Bradford weren't the losers of the final. They were the runner-up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, they lost. <laughs> yeah, they, they lost. They came second. You could come around it at any angle. They lost. Yeah, They just can't see past any big club Sky. Yes, yeah. they pump so much money into football, and they want you know the big glamour names and big glamour storylines. That any club smaller than say Everton, yeah, 
you know, they're just plucky underdogs, and if well, they do anything, it's just Wigan's the classic example of that in the Premier League. It's always the underdogs, Wigan, managing to stave off relegation for another year, for example. So, the other thing that's important or big news in sport at the moment, well, UK sport, we've talked about Oscar stories, but Rafael Benitez kind of went mental midweek. Did he um, go mental or did he tell the truth? Well, yeah. That, that, a bit of both. Maybe exactly. it's term, in terms of going mental because Roman Abramovich can hear what he said and that, you know he may end up in somewhere in Russia under a frozen lake. <laughs> in <lake's>. Siberia. <laughs> yeah. Playing you know, or managing Angie or something like that. But the, yeah, the managerial roundabout that is Chelsea, they're all calling for Rafa out. I know you two are Liverpool fans, so you have your own opinion on Rafa. Um, but what's the, what's the whole theme about Rafa at Chelsea and... Who is actually going to manage Chelsea? The Poison Chalice. I'll do it. You'll give it a crack? Yeah, I'll give it a crack. Get sacked after three weeks, get paid out like 20 million quids <laughs> like Vias Boas was last season. Uh, well, Rafa was on a hiding to nothing because well, quite why he was appointed in the first place. Well, I don't know for kids. I think he had a good point, actually, because he said that Abramovich made a mistake by saying that he was an interim manager. Yeah. He so, should have said he is our manager now. And that would have probably staved off a lot of the criticism that fans have had because they would have to say, look, we've got to get behind them. We've got to do it. Now they're saying, oh, he's only here to the end of the season. Let's get him out now because they know he's going anyway. Yeah, but even so, people... like He was only uh, said as interim manager. Yeah. like Just uh, in the lineups, basically, yeah. before the game. The team sheet is what I was yeah. looking for. But, um, yeah... The fans booed him before Chelsea had even played a minute under yeah. Rafa Benitez. They hated him for comments he made when he was Liverpool manager. Saying, saying he would never manage Chelsea, yeah. Well, that was actually not not true. Okay. But he did say that they were basically a bunch of uh, flag-waving plastic fans <laughs> in not so many words. But, but... The, what the Chelsea fans have done is they have proven Rafa wrong because they're not flag-waving plastic fans. The A4 paper waving <laughs> plastic fans. Rafa out, Rafa out. The thing is, is all that's happened since they've done that is the stationary box shares have gone up through yeah. buying the amount of printers and paper that's gone. And they've even found bold and italic and Times New Roman. Comic Sans. Don't take like anyone seriously. <laughs> <laughs> they're just ridiculous. No one wants to go there. Pep Guardiola would not step People, foot in Apparently Mourinho is actually odds on to be manager of Chelsea next season again. He won't have anything else to do, to be honest. Will he, is he going to go back to Chelsea, is the answer. He still has unfinished business. He does, but will he go under Roman Abramovich again? And I think I'd, the answer's probably no. I'd say he would. Unless Abramovich gives him a hell of a lot of money, which we know he has. I think he possibly could go back there, but they would have to employ like a chief stroke of ego. Yeah, I'd officer. love to see Mourinho back in the Premier League. I'd absolutely love it. I Him and Alex the man. Ferguson alone would make it worth. I absolutely despise the man because he cannot build a club up. And then there's also the thing of like his team wins and he goes, "Oh look at me, I'm amazing." His team loses, and we go, "Oh the players didn't want it, or the players weren't good enough." I hate him. I genuinely don't like him. Another new feature that we're bringing you the the constant innovation here at Twill HQ. We're like. We have an R&D department. Yeah. yeah, we employ people. We're good for the economy. Um, what we're bringing you is, if you've ever seen the show, Would I Lie to You, or something like that, took a bit of inspiration from there. We took a bit of inspiration from a couple of our friends at university who set up a cool kind of idea for a show. Every week, one of us is going to introduce three news stories. Two of those news stories are going to be fake. One's going to be real. And the other two, so myself and Adam this week, will be trying to guess which story of fishes is the real story. So... Fish, David, take it away. Right. Okay, we'll start with, appropriately, story one. A US congressman has claimed that nobody knows how the wind works, and so relying on this and other renewable energies would be foolish. <laughs> Where is he from? Hang on. We'll do. Okay. We'll talk through all three of them first. Then if he's from Texas, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's just true. Yeah, if he's from anywhere in the South. <laughs> that's the, yeah. Okay, go on, Fish. So, story number one, we've got... No one knows how wind works. Number two. Story two. A Mexican drug gang have started firing drugs over the US border in a cannon. <laughs> True. After <laughs> US, the US seized part of the border in California. And story three. 
The Danish women's curling team have been banned from the Winter Olympics in 2014 after being found guilty of match-fixing. Captain Helena Larsen was caught meeting with associates of Dan Tan, a Malaysian gang lord with links to football match-fixing in Eastern Europe. That's not true. <laughs> right, so we no... do not want to ask some questions <clears throat> first. Right, final one. That's too much of a stereotypical name, because he's made that up. Han Tan? No, I mean the, the the captain's name. Helena Larson. That's two. That's two. <laughs> There's people called Magnus no. Magnusson down no. there. No, <laughs> that's too stereotypical. Kim Kallström. That's someone Kim from Kallström. Sweden, for example. There are names like that, Adam. First question on the first story. Where is the senator from? Uh, I think you've already guessed. He is a con- <laughs> he is Congressman Joe Barton, that genuinely from uh, Texas. Right. He's just said genuinely, so I'm going to guess that one's the trite one. Or he could just be bluffing you. No, I'm, I'm going with number one. I You're just... going with number one. Well, I will ask some questions about number two. Yeah. The border of California, they're firing drugs over the border in a oh, cannon. Yeah. What? The, the, can you give me any more information on what they're doing? Uh, basically, cannons. it's not T-shirt cannons, unfortunately. We, we could only wish it was. <laughs> uh, basically, they put it into cans... Right, and uh, it's sort of like, a, me- like an air pressure can, like a, a pressure. And then can they put it can. into like a beans can or whatever, right. a, yeah. a tin can. The drugs, I mean, yeah. uh, put it in an empty metal thing, like container, yeah. and use sort of a uh, pressurized air to fire it. <laughs> How do they make sure they get their money for the drugs? I have absolutely no idea. It did. Maybe it comes <laughs> back in a can the other way. <laughs> that would be the <laughs> ultimate. And so the I'm police, sure it's you know filtered through you know various bank accounts. And the so police on. know about it. They're not what are they? Are they building a net or well, something? They found them? out basically. That's why it's coming to the news. Right. And then number three, Danish curling, curling match fixing, because there's been big things said about you know Eastern European match fixing. <laughs> basically, the Danish team in 2010 were like hot favourites and didn't even get a medal, and they looked into this. Match fixing in curling, which I can't imagine how much more a lucrative. That <laughs> to be honest, and yes, can you but... even get odds on curling at most bookmakers? Yeah, I do. Obviously, you can. Yeah, you can bet on Bono being the next Pope. Of course, you can. Yeah, he People must be will... odds on favourite. <laughs> I know. <laughs> People will gamble on anything, mm. and it's I'm, going I'm, through I'm you actually, know, Asia. I'm actually kind of torn. I don't think that is. I don't think that will be the correct one. Number three. You're already plumping for number one straight away, Adam. You're thinking that a Texas senator has said... Oh, oh God, that's definitely, definitely been said. I'm a, I'm going to go with number two because I don't... I, well, I don't want to pick the same as Adam, but I also think that that is so crazy that only a Mexican drug cartel could do it. And the don't. first one isn't crazy. Well, no, People because we don't, don't know how the... We don't yes, know how... we do. We don't really we know do. what causes some of the we problems. Do. With we do. We do. How does the wind work? Basically, the sea is moved by the gravitational effect of the moon, and as that water moves back and forth, that moves the air, which creates wind. But nobody knows them. But I've just nobody explained it to you. Magnets, how do they work? It's <laughs> butterflies. They waft their wings, and then it wafts yeah. the wind. But that's, you never heard that one. That's how it actually works. Is this some kind of Pokemon? Like, there's just a, a big wind farm with butterflies just going... <laughs> <laughs> Fish. Right, Tell the answer us. is story number two. Yes! Oh my god! I am a hero! You, that is ridiculous. I... Uh, your Mexican drug gang fire drugs over the border <laughs> in a pressurised air can. What? See, no one does know how the wind works. <laughs> you still, just made that up. I still have absolutely no idea how they get their money, but well, they do it, this. <laughs> it won't be coming through to them like that. It'll come through money laundering, laundering or, or yeah. whatever. They are big operations there. I will say in the third story, you said Helena Larson is not a real name, but it is a real no, name. No, I, I said it was a real name. I just didn't. Of course, it's a real name. That's that is the genuine captain of the Danish curling team. <laughs> All names in this are real. Joe Barton is genuinely the congressman of Texas. <laughs> I, I, to be honest, I, I think that they could get a better captain. So in the scoreboards, it's one point for Ben, none for Adam and Fish. We'll see for next week. Minus well, one. that's been This Week in Lies to Me. Or something. We need to come up with a title for it. But we'll build a leaderboard. If anyone could actually think of a good name for it, write in. Oh, I don't know how you'd write because <laughs> we don't really have anywhere at the moment. But we don't have a PO box. We put it just... in a bottle and see if and it gets... And fire it. 
fire it towards the, the northwest, <laughs> and the first one of us to find it, will, they get two points. Yeah, that's a good yeah, idea. Yeah. And if you want to put some drugs in there, go ahead. <laughs> Fish, I know you haven't got a job, but that isn't the time to just switch to that. So after finding out that the Mexican drug cartels do fire drugs over the the border, that's the end of this week in lies for this week. Um, hope you've enjoyed maybe the new spin on things. Hopefully we'll bring you some more uh, funny stories next week. Something maybe less depressing than horse meat and killing disabled people. But, you know, we just deal with what the world brings us. Um, so as per usual, we'll be making sure that we're resetting up our Twitter feed. It's still there. Adam, any information on those? If I remember the password, um, it's at This Week in Lies. <laughs> and um, our email address is thisweekinlies at hotmail.co.uk. Yep. Um, Facebook, obviously, we're not really using Facebook too much because we like to publicise a bit more on Twitter. But if we get a bigger following, we'll obviously put up our Facebook page again. It's still there. Um, any information, any funny stories, anything you want to send us, feel free to um, shoot them across to either the email or the Twitter feed. Yeah. That's Tell all a friend as well. Yeah, if... recruit recruit some people to be fellow Twillers. The Twill Army. Yeah. If you get five people, then we'll send you a T-shirt. We don't actually have a T-shirt, but you can buy we'll your do, own we'll, T-shirt. We'll send you a T-shirt. A, yeah, it may not be a Twill T-shirt. It could just be one from, I don't know, a clothing drive or a charity shop. But, God damn it, we'll sign it as well. Something like that. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye, everyone. If you haven't enjoyed the show, you're a fascist. <laughs>